Okay. Yeah, we feel genuinely um, honoured and privileged to be given the chance to share, like, a, you know, more of the story and some of our prime time that we've got once a week to come together. Thanks, Tim, and to others that we can do this, especially Tim and, uh, and the Lord, because we really feel so connected to everyone and all our friends and the whole family of God, the body of Christ in Moreton Bay region. And we really feel like we're just like an extension, like literally feel like an extension of what God's been doing. So much of the vision in the hearts of people up here, you guys, and the Monday Night Prayer and Worship crew, and which we are as well, here from Rivers and, and others, um, we feel so joined and connected. Like the connection here in heart um, feels bigger than like us being sent to Moree. doesn't feel at all like it's like a chop finish one chapter or start another book, you know, kind of thing. It's not like that at all. It's like an extension, a continuation, and we're connected here more deeply. We'll be coming back here so much, and this is um, like our spiritual home on earth. <laughs> but we're all connected in Christ, which is so awesome. So um, we're just going to tag team a bunch and take the opportunity, because we can, to share with you the exciting story of how God has been leading us to Maury. Like, you know, how in the world do you suddenly decide that you're going to Maury? Well, it's different in every case, right? Like a snowflake. Isn't that beautiful? Like a snowflake. But, um, so touching, you're touched as well. Yeah. Um, but, um, but no, so our story in this instance is just one, you know, one way. But isn't it encouraging when any one of us open up our life and share the story of how God is real, God is with us, and exactly how he's spoken in a given snowflake, you know? Uh, one instance, and so I pray that God will encourage you, that God is real, and he speaks and he leads, but it's in so many different ways, so we can really relax and just be ourselves. Okay, well, Maureen, New South Wales, Jenin's family move, that's good, it keeps me on topic, and we're going to go with um, the picture of, I went to Uluru probably three to four years ago, which is the first slide, thanks, um, Uluru, oh yeah, I've got this thingy, cool, can I just go back just because I can, practice? Where do I point it? Wes? Okay. Yeah, I can see some digital zeros. Hey? <laughs> this is very interactive, isn't it? Um, so anyway, we've got... Um, uh, this is a picture in Uluru where... Oh, hi, darling. Um, it's hard to see, but on the carpet in the middle of this group of people, is a map of Australia. It's like put together with materials. And if you were to zoom up and you could actually see what that picture is, what you would see is a map of Australia and it's like got all these segments and it's, it's mapped out. It's like divided up according to the boundaries of the indigenous, um, the indigenous boundaries of their clans and their people, like the Aboriginal nations of this com uh, country. And uh, so it was incredible to go to this meeting. It was called Melted Hearts as One. And there were um, Christians of lots of different cultural backgrounds, you know, bloodlines, if you like, um, and nations who came together in the centre of Australia. And there was dedications, there was reconciliation, there was um, prayer. It was really, really profound. My eyes were open to just what it's like um, to, to be um, an Aboriginal person here in their own land, but to have a separate dominant culture. And now no choice of your own to become a dual citizen but in your own land you know a dual citizen meaning 
you're trying to bridge two separate cultures and vastly different systems, societal systems. Phenomenal. My heart really went out. I felt, again, a little bit more understanding. There were powerful scenes, you know, like us um, like white guys and girls, we were like, um, at one point, uh, all knelt down with our hands on, the, on the, our brothers, uh, indigenous brothers and sisters' feet, just praying over them. There were tears, you know, there's just an outpouring of love and honour. You know, um, we... Um, the Europeans and the Caucasians, we, we all sat down, we, we shut up to listen as well. Listen, what's it like to be you? Um, and, you know, there were like strong words spoken, then there's reconciliation, hugs, tears, but it was in the spirit of God, you know? It wasn't some human movement or political statement, it was like this deep work of being unified inside of Jesus. And, um, and then the culmination was this scene where there were also... Um, representatives from lots of different Aboriginal nations, also from different, as we term it, states and territories around Australia at this gathering as well. And that lady you can see sitting down, you can see the back of her hair. That's Arnie Mavis. She's from Arnhem Land, Elko Island, and she's uh, a government leader. Uh, but more importantly for them, she's an elder in their people. So she's like in church spiritual authority, council spiritual authority, and they're largely self-governing as well in, in many ways up there and we all sat down and we allowed just time to sit and be still long enough to hear what was in Arnie Mavis's heart and she just started in her own pace started talking like parables like Jesus she started telling these stories they're on the one hand simple but profound and they cut right to the issue about how we are, are one in the Lord and how if one part of the body is hurting everyone's hurting and rallies around to heal and bond and how we then move together. It was very beautiful, the wisdom. But what happened next was all of the white people, we stepped back and we're acknowledging like these beautiful Christian leaders, uh, Aboriginal ones um, from many different Aboriginal nations, and they knelt down in their unique role and authority as truly, you know, for centuries before white people, as the um, first custodians of the land, you know, owners of the land. And um, they knelt down of their own desire. This was so powerful. It's hard, you know, to communicate the gravity, you know, like, wow, what a moment. They knelt down holding that, that honour and that reality that they're the original custodians and, and owners of the land. And as they knelt, they knelt before the Lord Jesus Christ at that map, which is broken up in the boundaries of the Aboriginal, Indigenous nation boundaries. And they, as representatives of their people, said, Lord, as custodians of this land, we, we just kneel and surrender to your love and your leadership. And we say that you are the owner. You are the creator and Lord and owner of these territories, you know, of this continent. And they dedicated it. Uh, and it was like called Melted Hearts as one this gathering. And it was really, really powerful. So I've just got a question that was coming up for me this week is just how central and just how important to God's heart is it to him for there to be all cultures, all people groups, you know, represented in his family as worshippers of God, as worshippers of the Father. Like, is it a side issue or is it right in the core? Right in the core. Something's missing unless he's got people from every tribe and nation. For an answer, let's go to Revelation chapter 7. It'll come up on the screen. Sounds like, yeah. Revelation 7, 9, 11. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, 
standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and they worshipped God. There's a whole new vision has captured the people in the scene. Um, I don't know at what stage in like the future plan of God this is at, but I believe I'm there, you're there, Aussies are there, uh, who have come in from Europe. Um, indigenous Australians are there in the scene, in the future. You know, people from every continent and part of the earth, every ethnic group are there in this scene. Until they're all there, the picture's not complete. But there's one vision, there's one person has captured everyone's view. And it's bigger than my culture, my way or my language, or your way, us and them. It's far bigger. It's like our cultures and languages, our music styles are all awesome and unique and celebrated because there they are. It's like people of, help me out here. I went the wrong way. Can we go back? One more back. One more forward. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Yeah. From every nation, tribe, people, and language, where we come from is important. You know, our cultures, our bloodlines, is actually celebrated in heaven. But it all gets kind of eclipsed. And it's not about superiority or jostling or for equality, ultimately, we need to love and listen to one another and celebrate one another first. But every person in this scene are caught up with a greater vision. There's this superseding, overarching new culture, the culture of heaven. There's this kingdom of heaven. There's this new people that we all get drawn into. And it's powerful than any political movement or statement. It's like being united inside of Jesus Christ as one new people. And the one vision is the Lamb of God, is Jesus Christ that we're caught up in. And he's our unifier. Uh, and that experience at Uluru was one example of that that really touched my heart. Let's move on. We're going to start sharing the story of how God's leading us to Maury. All right. I'm going to kick that off. Um, I actually can't remember what it was. Maybe end of October. Um, we had a sense that... Um, when our lease kind of came up on the house we were renting that um, we were meant to move. And it was just like a growing sense over months. When we moved in, even when we moved in a year ago, we knew that um, it might just be a one-year kind of um, time in that house. So we became, yeah, just started really intentionally asking God, um, where do you want us to go? And we just totally assumed Honestly, that it would just be a different house in Kalika. Yeah. <laughs> um, not, not interstate. Yeah, definitely not. not interstate. That was the last thing on our mind, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, but we just, like, we just, God has always been so faithful in leading us in the past. He's been very intentional in the houses that we've lived in. And um, we knew that we just wanted to, to do what he wanted. Um, so, yeah, we began really intentionally praying. And there was a particular morning um, when there was just like, yeah, a sense in me. We were down in, our, in the prayer room in our house and just felt like, yeah, let's actually expect God to tell us today where we're meant to move. 
Um, not because God has to, like we can't just make him do stuff, but because he's good and he wants to lead us and um, he tells us not like to ask and not to doubt when we need wisdom. Um, so, yeah, we're just like, yeah, let's just expect him to. And if he doesn't, that's fine. But like, yeah, we think he probably will. So, Yeah, so Louisa, I've... I think, you know, looking in hindsight, like God put that desire, that thought, today's the day to especially ask again. You know, you, we kind of, for us, we kind of make a little event of it when we ask the Lord of a question. We get the clear, a good question is the way to go. So you know the clear question of God, then you say, let's ask God right now. And through scripture, inquire of the Lord. David stopped, he inquired of the Lord. You know, things went wrong when people didn't stop and inquire of the Lord. But it's kind of with this attitude that not only is God real, but he's really real and he's really here and he does speak. Um, but it doesn't have to be in a certain way. It might, you might come to a realization in the moments and weeks following, but nonetheless, it is God working into our thoughts. Sometimes it comes very clearly, like in a picture or a word or a scripture. Um, but, none, but yeah, inquiring of the Lord is what we did. And so I believe it's like God, it was that, in hindsight, the Lord put it on Louise's heart to know this day we're going to ask the Lord, <laughs> believing that he'll one way or another speak. I didn't know that at all. Before I went down to the fair room that same morning, I had the exact same sense. I was thinking about it lots of times in that morning before, before heading down the stairwell. And, and I was like, Lord, I, I just feel I'm, I'm gonna, I need to ask you. I need to ask you, God, what are we doing at the end of this lease? Like, where are we going to live in this area? Or what are we going to do? And so I came down with that as well. She brought it up. And before she left with the kids, because we we're homeschooling our three kids, um, Louisa said, I really feel like God needs to wants to talk to you today about what we're doing next after this lease, Steve. And I was like, wow, that's what I thought this morning. And, and so I asked her, and she, she specifically prayed over that, that God would speak to me. So she headed off with the kids to do some, something with the kids with the homeschooling and out of the house. And within a short time, probably within half an hour or less, my dad phoned up. Um, and he had been down in New South Wales, and he heard about this people talking about some work, some, some things that a small team are doing in Moree. And he didn't tell me that yet. He just said, I've heard about some stuff. And the whole time I was thinking, this is Stephen Louisa. This is Stephen Louisa. This is, he couldn't get it out of his heart or his spirit. And uh, he's not really done this before. Um, but he said, I really need to speak to you, Steve. But not on the phone, face to face. Got to be face to face. They're like the opposite of suggestive, manipulative parents. Like, they go the other way. Oh, I don't, you don't feel like I'm influencing, do you? You know, <laughs> which is kind of cool, isn't it? So they're not, they're not pushy, but this is, a, this is a really unique thing. And I thought, oh, I wonder if it's something to do with the prayer. Like maybe God's going to lead. So I went off on it like I'd take a little walk a few times in a week just to get space and just to talk to God. And sometimes that's messy and confused and sometimes it's really clear and exciting, but you just do it, right? Make space. Um, and just ask good questions without having the load of having to get an answer. You just know you've asked um, and surrendered. Um, so I did that, got home, and within five minutes, Dad rocked up with Mum, and he said, we've been through Moree, because this is the start of the bushfires season, so this wasn't long ago, hey, is this the start of the, all the horrible bushfires we got? They wanted to go through Moree to see firsthand what was happening in Moree, but they, but they had to get home real quick. But then they got diverted twice because of bushfires, and they ended up staying the night in Moree on the way home, um, so, and, they stayed a night, and they got to see and meet the team there, or some of them. And here, and again, they're like, um, just thinking of you, thinking of Stephen Louise the whole time. So anyway, so they came over. So this is the same day, and 
I thought, oh, this is likely one of those times when someone sees or hears something and goes, oh, that would be great, but, you know, invariably, you know, often it's just not for you. It's like, uh, it's not your lane for now, it's not where you're meant to be. But then, quickly, as you start sharing some of the details, like, man, I can't, I can't ignore this. Because, for me, I'll just say quickly, some of the background, some of the key themes are indigenous people and cultures. To understand, to know and be known by them. To get a feel for that, to, to love, you know, indigenous people as well as others. Um, and also education. So for me, four years ago, the Lord called me and said to go back, do more study, because we'd done 10 years of paid youth work, like youth pastoring and chaplaincy things. Um, and so I stepped out of that and I learned TESOL, studied TESOL, teaching English to speakers of other languages. So it's the whole languages education field, which is uh, exciting. And, uh, and I taught adults for a couple of years, and then for the last two years I've taught um, basic, real basic literacy, especially to kids like reading and writing, especially to kids who find it hard to learn. Learning disabilities or dyslexia, really breaking it down, multisensory. So, it was four years ago, literally about the same time, it really stood out to me, those themes came up. And I've been to the Kimberley, you know, like Arnhem Land twice, and Uluru, and Murray, the Murray people down the south of New Zealand since then. I've been doing both, but I always had this sense they're, they're going to come together one time, sometime, you know, education and with indigenous kids or people or adults. And so as Dad spoke, I thought, oh man, that's, is this what's happening here? You start getting that sense. I didn't see this coming, but I think God's in this because that's a huge part of what the team are doing there. They're tutoring already uh, twice a week, but they want to do a lot more for kids. The system has good intentions. Lots of funding is pumped out there, but it's not coming to actually down to ground level and helping kids who are often on 21-day suspensions perpetually and it's up to them whether they want to come or not. There's two sides of the story, you know, because there's different priorities and different cultures. I really honour that. I really understand that, you know. Um, uh, but there are some who would want to, but they, they're just difficult to engage. I just think it would be so hard to engage. Um, but um, we, um, the team down there are wanting to create a new centre where the workers are just as much tutors and mentors, you know, and big brothers or uncles as, as teachers, you know. And the team there have been taking food in, fruit, meals, playing games with the kids for years. They've built family-like relationships of trust and love, really practically, right down into the housing commission areas and, and where the kids uh, are. And so we'll be able to teach them, help them, while being really relationally connected. You getting the vibe? So when Dad started talking about that, I was like, oh, for four years I've known something like this is going to come up, but I didn't know when or, or how, and suddenly it was landing in my lap, and I thought, man, this, on this particular morning when we have been praying. Also, there's loads of lifestyle evangelism and discipleship are their strengths, which I'm really excited about. Visiting the skate park, rehabilitation centre. Jumping ahead, our family visited Maury for a whole long weekend with the kids, and by the way, the kids are excited to go, which is huge indicator from God um, as well. But in this service, five, five or six men just rocked up. I didn't know till later, but they were from the rehabilitation center in town. Um, you know, coming off drugs and all that, that difficult struggle coming off drugs and all the impact of that. But in their free time, because they wanted to and just volunteering, they, they decided to jump on the minibus and come down to a worship service, like a church service. Um, uh, which isn't like a dynamic, exciting worship service in, what, in terms of musically. The guys down there freely said, yeah, we're not dynamic. <laughs> so if they hear this, you're awesome guys. Um, but, they, um, but they said, 
but they but these guys were like uh, came down and, and some of them because of friendship of the guys visiting there weekly they um, felt so safe and wanted to that they're coming into worship services you know um, isn't that awesome and they're, they're studying Jesus like um, learning about Christ and stuff like that so that's some of their strengths okay um, kick back to the same day um, I got home from being out with the kids we had like a three-minute swap over before Steve had to go to work and um, so he gave me like a brief rundown I was like oh <laughs> like New South Wales okay, okay. <laughs> it's a bit left field um very not a bit very um but yeah God was just so so kind because that night there were some um missionaries that we'd met briefly um before come who came over to our house so doing a a layover from Taiwan to Solomon Islands I think and um yeah it was just during that that time Steve wasn't even home from work yet um but yeah like God was just doing a real work in my heart to to open me up and um to to yeah to I guess yeah being able to hear that this is something he's actually speaking about not like just some random good idea um and yeah it was so beautiful that um, yeah, one of the missionaries, she brought up multiple times. Um, she's like, God answers your prayers when you're young. She's like, when I was eight, um, I gave my life to God to be a missionary. She's like, nothing came of it. Like, I think just life happened. Um, but I think she was about 60 or something when that finally she, her life opened up for her to be able to do that. And, um, yeah, every time she brought it up, it, like, hit me. I was like, oh, because I was like, that's me. Like, that's what I did as a girl. And, um, yeah, it was just really um, powerful. It was also, um, I think you put up a picture. Yeah, can we have the next picture? Thanks, Sarah. You're better at this than me. Okay. There's a post. This, this moment is actually from a couple of years ago. Um, Steve's work had just kind of finished up that he was doing um he'd got a part-time job was obviously going to get another part-time job to um you know to finance the family life um but yeah it's really clearly heard god say like don't take up a second job yeah it's like an invitation where you work yeah so that we could kind of like freelance um do ministry kind of stuff and just connect in and support um different people and events and ministries and then we together we sat down as a family and just said, God, is, is this what you want? And um, the kids um, and us were all just like, yeah, we feel that's what God's saying. And I'd bought this picture um, a few months before and I just knew that I was meant to get it. It says, say yes to new adventures. And um, in that moment I was like, oh, I need to get that out and we all need to sign it um, mm. as our like agreement with God that, yeah, we're going to say yes to new adventures. And um, that was kind of like the start of a journey that we wouldn't have been able to do this stage without because it was a real um, faith journey and it was just crazy good. Like, So we, we had this moment where we're like, yeah, we're not going to um, seek like more work, but we're just going to trust we God. We all that, yeah. Yeah, okay. and um, the next day, people who didn't know about it said... We just really feel like God wants us to give you $100 a week. And we're like, yeah. 
So, oh, wow, that's oh, fast. That's Sometimes God's no, like kind. really stretches things out, you know, like he's like, yeah, do you trust me? No, do you really trust me? Like, this will be but this time he was just like, that's bam. I was like, oh, yeah. that's, that's really nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was the start of a new adventure um, a couple of years ago. And um, we, I had that hanging up in our entryway when these missionaries came in. It was interesting, like... Back to that same day we were yeah, talking about. Yeah, back to the same first day that this God idea pops out. Speak, yeah. yeah. And um, Rick came and he's like, oh, say yes to new adventures. He says it real loud it as he comes in. It's kind of like a moment. I was like, oh, okay, like, okay. I'm, I'm listening, but not ready, but I'm listening. Um, mm. And there was also a moment during that time when um, up on our, the wall, kind of in our in our prayer room, I'd written on the glass um, doors. There's a verse in Malachi um, that talks about from the rising to the setting of the sun, praises and offerings will be poured out to God. And um, it's just like this really powerful scripture um, that I wanted to really be present, something we could see every day. And um, I was kind of reading through it again while these missionaries were talking about what's so important to them about being missionaries and how God called them. I was like, oh, I wonder what Maureen means. My, I just had a curiosity. And that means like place of the rising sun. And it really connected with me like, oh, this, is, this could be a part of a bigger story that we're already in. It could be a big part of a bigger story that actually um, even this community has been journeying together with for like such a long time. And it was kind of a scary moment because I was like, oh, maybe this is actually really real. Mm. And... I didn't know if I really wanted that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was definitely a moment where I'm like, I think God might be speaking. And in probably, like, the next week or two, I had, like, a bit of a flashback moment to a friend of mine had had a dream a few months before. Um, and uh, the dream, she told, yeah, just sent me a message saying, Louisa, I just had a dream about you and Steve moving to an Indigenous community. She's like, are you moving? I was like, uh, no, <laughs> not, not on the radar at all. Like one day, probably, like I could see that that might be a way that um, what place God would move us to. But yeah, just not on the radar at all. And then I had this, yeah, so after this came up, I was like, ooh, yeah, there was that thing. Okay, like, I'm, again, like I'm listening. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> Come on, let's double it. <laughs> Good point, darling. Um, yeah, so eventually at each step with this, as you do, because we weren't expecting this, so as Louisa said to me part way through this process, that you kind of expect like a no, because <laughs> we're not expecting to go, it's just so easy to imagine that, oh, that happened, so that's not what God wants, you know what I mean? Because it's such a big thing. But every day and every time we checked into it, I personally felt, if I felt any whispering at all, I'd feel like God saying, come with me, like go. Just go, not much detail, just go, and then just peace. And I didn't always feel compelled to say that all the time so that we can both have our own journey, you know what I mean, and not feel compelled. And I feel like that's a good principle as well, to be careful we don't speak to one another's will to convince, but just share the heart because the Lord will speak to everyone who needs to be a part of it, whether it's a family or anyone who's a stakeholder and is influenced by it. But... Um, so every day we just kept going, oh my goodness, it's still a green light, okay. And so each day you just do what you find out, what you can find out. You ask the question that's next, like whether it's, what about the kids or whatever. 
And each day was just a green light. It's like, oh man, this is a prepared thing. <laughs> you know, just continued to be. So eventually we got on the phone, of course, pretty quickly to uh, one of the team members down in Moree. And that was a moment where um, we really felt a lot of alignment. Um, like in their strengths and their focuses, there's so much alignment. Like they're so relational. They're so not authority structured as um, team. There is leadership and it's clear, but there's team. And there's um, reaching out to the kids, indigenous people, um, lifestyle evangelism, going to the skate park. I said all these things, I think. Uh, taking food out, doing lots of things. Um, outreach to surrounding towns and tutoring kids. So we um, it just continued to check off. Yeah, so we did a, um, went down for like a weekend. Um, and it was just, yeah. It was amazing and it was so helpful in seeing like what would be hard about it and um but yeah the team down there man like there's some just incredible characteristics to them like i felt um, like challenged and inspired like um the main kind of couple have five kids the ages of ours and in between um and, um, yeah, like, they just love the Indigenous people so much. They literally have an open home. Like, if somebody needs food, they can come and get it anytime they want. If they need a bed, they can go and stay. And, um, yeah, it's just, just really beautiful and just felt excited by, like, just, yeah, the humility and their passion. Um, That's their name, Ephraim House. It's like the interdenominational team of, like, four, but then with lots of kind of volunteers as well yeah they have like um an internship program so people can go and live in um that community for a year so there's like a guy's house and a girl's house and um you can study they're really passionate about servanthood so if you want to learn about servanthood prime place to go <laughs> um and yeah just really amazing and we were just blown away by um how much god loves those people and how much he is building something like he is so active already and just the way he's provided for um the team is incredible they were basically gifted a hundred thousand dollars to get to buy the two interns houses like uh, yeah um so there's a guy's house and a girl's house right next to each other in a part of town um, when the uh, older couple came, they only arrived in May, I think. They were missionaries in Colombia for 15 years. Thought they were going to retire in Ballina. They'd been there about 10 years. God unexpectedly Got pulled them out of their cushy yeah. little zone and <laughs> pulled them in Mori. And um, they're just so, so beautiful, like um, a real fatherly and motherly presence. Um, and God enabled them to buy the property um, kind of, uh, it's hard to describe. At well, a you can imagine a yeah. park um, that's been given from to buy off the council for super cheap, which is owned now by the team. And then you've got a house here, two houses here, like around the park. And then we'll get to the SES hall, which is here. Which so is yeah, another part of God's yeah. provision. They really needed a, a place um, if to, to create a place where Indigenous people, um, kids can come and learn. Um, even for church, like they've been doing church under the patio. It's great, huge patio, awesome. 
but it gets really hot in Moree. It also gets really cold. Um, so it, they've been kind of like, oh, it'd be great to have a, a building. Um, definitely need one for like a learning centre. Um, and yeah, God just um, incredibly, there's, yeah, right on the other side of the park, there's an abandoned SES building um, which they were flagged with, we're told, well, you can't actually buy from the state government. Um, who owns the SES who building? Who owns the SES, yeah. yeah. Um, but they were kind of made aware that they could buy it for $38,000. Um, and yeah, it's quite extraordinary. Even like not long ago, the government went through and put in new air conditioning, even though the building hasn't been used for years. <laughs> The air conditioning is worth, it's worth more way more than, than what we're paying for every facility. Yeah, so um, yeah, God's favour is just crazy in actually creating a physical hub and providing a place for this work to really happen. Yeah, the council gave them the park that's in the midst of yeah these things. So yeah, yeah. So why are we down there when we were in this trip to Maori as a family? We just saw so many things that we could do. It made, I found the prayer in my heart, the next question. Again, it's such a helpful principle for me. I try to remember, and sometimes I don't. But I love it when I do, because like, just getting a clear question is all that's needed, and then to surrender. What you come up, I trust your leadership, Lord, but I am explicitly inquiring of you, what, what would you like? And sometimes if he goes, comes back, that's his prerogative in relationship to say, you choose, that's great. But you know, he's just so strategic. And he is the commander of the Lord's army after all. I just, I err on the side of asking him. And uh, why was I telling you that? You don't know either, do you? Hey. <laughs> yeah, education center. Um, so I was asking God, <laughs> I was asking God when we were down there, why? Because there's so many things we could do. So that was my next question. It's like, what do you want us to do? Like we could do evangelism things like that, maybe more in up here, right? Because um, we're so connected here. But the heart of it is that they've had three prayer points. Do the three prayers. Um, for the next step for how to, as family and relationally and missionally, to engage with education for, uh, for the indigenous kids um, in a really relational way. They've had three big prayer points, the team down there have, for months. One is for a facilitator, someone who God brings to grow into that and, and do that. Uh, like lead that or manage it. And the second one was for a facility to enable it in a fuller way. And the third was for funding. And um, after the team, one Tuesday, we'd been stalled at 98%. God's calling us. We're at 98% for like three weeks. And we're like, it's got to budge soon. We've got to at some time be able to, with concrete, you know, tell everyone we are going. You know, you had to know that eventually, right? Um, so we got on and we had a phone call with the team down there. Uh, on a Tuesday, um, and it was one of those times where the conversation went better than you could imagine, could have imagined it could have, with unity and everything, to the point where we said, on the phone, this is our final confirmation, we are coming, guys. And they're like, we know who you are, and you're invited. And we said, we know who you are, and we're coming. <laughs> and uh, God's in this. So sort of like that. And, uh, yeah, and so... That's when they told us the three prayer points. And they said, well, I guess the first one's answered. We're like, yeah, I guess it is. You know, gulp. <laughs> you know, I'm feeling like the challenge of this, like manage this learning center that doesn't exist and it's got to come up, but it's got to be suited to the situation. But I'm feeling confidence in God, that he'll guide us with wisdom and stuff. But the, the second one, Alan on the phone said, oh, 
just everyone, you watch. You watch. God's going to answer the second two big questions. Just in his timing, it's going to fall into place because he's been around the Trust God block quite a lot of times. This guy from Columbia, I like Alan already. And, uh, and um, so the cool thing was, it's like a bit of a God story that's knit us with them with a sense of God's answering because that day when we said, yes, we're coming, so they're like, tick, facilitator, wow, you know, encouraging for them and scary, encouraging for us. Uh, well, later that same day, for us even, it was within a matter of hours. We got a text from Alan, the confident in God man, and he said, oh, I thought you'd be interested. Yeah, thought you'd be interested. Um, the state treasurer, the treasurer, has signed off on the SES hall for the facility, which, like, again, it just, like, makes a U virtually around this park area, this amazing community ministry centre. And um, the contracts are being drawn up right now. You know, it's been approved for sale. Um, and we understand it's for, like, $38,000 for, like, you can see the 120 people in there one go, and there's kitchen facilities and smaller rooms to do stuff. And um, it was, like, boom, boom on that same day. And we all just had that, you know, that sense of, oh, God is in this, you know, and it like knit us together, um, the two prayers, like just boom, boom, the facilitator, the, um, the facility, and funding hasn't moved, and we don't know what will happen there, and that's So fine. we're going anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's the education centre, and I'm very excited to say we discovered the name of the learning centre, which the, the guys down there, Paul and Erin, well, Erin really believes God gave this, so she's really got this from God, she believes, and it's from, based on one of the passages in Isaiah, which I didn't write down, shame that, but Isaiah. And, um, and from it, they're naming this new center in local language, like in language of the people, but it, a translation means new song, new song. And again, it's about, and this is from the people down there, this new learning language center, um, new song. And it's the passage in Isaiah is about a new song just breaking forward of joy, you know, to, to the Lord and the freedom that he brings and um, we're so excited because heaps of you guys would know, others maybe less so, but it's such a long-term theme over, over years for a lot of the community up here, the worship and prayer community, that, that the Lord, and Stephen Packer's been carrying this vision, and, and many, many of us, that the Lord's going to raise up a new song from, the, from this region of the earth. Again, because it's happened, right, at stages in history, from Australia, New Zealand, and the islands. But again, that can be something from Jesus that can sweep from this part of the world, um, you know, around the world, even as what he does over in other parts have swept and blessed this nation, you know. But it's something unique to come from this area, this new song. Um, and we've been praying for it in prayer and worship out of love for Jesus. It's him that we want, actually, not a thing, not what he's going to do, him. Just love for Jesus, encounter with him and his goodness. Um, we've, been, we've been partnering with him, haven't we, as a community here, and um, yeah, and Maury means the rising sun and this learning center from the people down there is called New Song. And so we feel like this too, God's putting in our hearts that we're in partnership with, you know, the community here and what God's doing. So we extend out from here, guys, everyone who carries that DNA and that vision. Yeah. Next slide. I think we'll just, yeah. Ephesians chapter 2. What is our heart in going? Um, we do not. We, we, go, we need to go humbly to the situation because of this. Ephesians chapter 2. For he himself, Jesus Christ, is our peace, who has made the two groups one, has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, 
by setting aside in his flesh that's on the cross and his coming to life with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two. Wow, hey. This is like Jews and Gentiles. Back in the day, the most divided people in the world. It just means to say that whatever relationships are divided, whether it's a husband and a wife, girlfriend or boyfriend, a mother or a son, a dad and a daughter or a son, any relationship you think, or between cultures, or where there's been pain in the past between cultures, very real, that needs to be addressed and understood humbly and mutually and understand and feel one another's hurt, say with the indigenous cultures here and um, the, the European cultures that have come in. There's real things for us to mutual humility connect with. But whatever, regardless of the particular relationship, we all have elements of division, right, that we're still working through in relationship, as well as the unity that's already felt. But here's the key, that Jesus Christ in spirit has already made a way by uniting everyone who's willing into one with Jesus. And in Jesus, he's at one with all of his people. So in spirit, you know, that capital, that kinetic reality, that potential reality, we're already united through the miracle of what he's done. Uh, whether like European and indigenous or you and the person that you're, maybe a Christian that you're most at odds with, in Christ, the miracle has occurred. It's just going to outwork more. And this is the power of Jesus makes the divided ones close and one inside of him. The last sentence, for through Jesus, we both, that is each person in the equation, we both have access to the Father by the one Spirit. So <laughs> let's look into Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit. He draws us all together. And so we go down humbly to learn and to meet Jesus in the, in the people we'll, the kids who we'll meet and their parents and everyone else through the town, even as we pray they'll meet Jesus in us. And picture with me, before we just finish the story, um, the keys of the piano over there. You know, there's like the ebony and the ivory. Those are the white and the black keys. But they're all on the one level and they're interspersed. They're not huddled all over here, all over here. You know, all the ebony, all the ivory. They're interspersed. And they're all at the one level. There's not one culture over. You know, the oldest culture is not over the youngest. The youngest not over the oldest. There's, there's like this, like this. And, uh, yeah, Aboriginal, Indigenous. <laughs> they're not all on the same level. <laughs> oh, right, they are. Just keep that to yourself, Toby. But <laughs> relative uh, to the ceiling and... <laughs> Wait, the, the black ones are higher. I'm saying black is in the keys. Um, which actually is what the Lord, um, what God's been speaking for years to reliable people who have been hearing the voice of God, you know, what the Spirit is saying to the churches, types of people and leaders, the ears of the body who hear the heartbeat and the pulse of what God's doing. What's been happening for years, you may have heard, is that there is, there's, um, there's an encouragement, there's an invitation by God for our Aboriginal brothers and sisters to rise up in their unique kind of role. You know, if you played dominoes ever as a kid, or maybe just earlier today, you could admit it if you want, um, whenever you did, um, you line them all up, there's a first one, there's a prior domino. Tap that one, and it all goes. If you tap it down here, you're missing something. You know, like the head of the river, you know, the start of the dominoes chain. And so part of the equation, I really believe this too, is that um, the Lord 
reveals his glory and comes in, in, in the humble place. Let me rephrase that. What is considered by man sometimes as the humble place. The greatest treasure, the greatest goal that has ever come into the earth was Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This is God himself. Jesus, being equal to God, being God, right, humbled himself and became a man. Where was he born? In a palace? He was born in straw, surrounded by manure, because it was the last place in town. It's where no one else wanted to. Everyone who got there early got the good beds and the good buildings and the five-star ratings. God could have swung that. I'm pretty sure Heavenly Father could have just phoned up the best joint, you know, just book a reservation for my son. You know, gold door handles, you know, whatever. There in Bethlehem, maybe. But... This is the glory of God. The humility of God is his glory. And he, he melts our hearts, doesn't he? That he comes to be not only master and lord of our lives, but friend. He says, I'll call you friend. We, we still treat him as lord. You know, we have a healthy fear of the lord as well as a, a beautiful soft love and safety with him. Yet he says, yeah, you call me teacher and I am. You call me creator and I am. He says, but I, when I will relate to you, I, I'll call you friend. I, I think of you as friend. I'm going to esteem you that way. It seems almost wrong. <laughs> it seems like either he's coming down too low or else we're being lifted up too high. It's like, but no, this is the humility of God and it's his glory and it's his beauty that, he, that God could become our, our friend and our lover, our bridegroom. Isn't that crazy? That is a miracle, my friends. That is, that is just supreme beauty and glory. Uh, isn't he good? <laughs> let's, just, let's just taste that for a moment. Ah, oh, Lord, thank you. Yeah, I'll just invite you where you're sitting, just in a really simple way. I like definitely forget about me. I just think about Jesus right now. Think about the Father. Think about the stuff that he's made of, what kind of person he is. He could really exert himself, you know, he could really just make it happen or steamroll us. It's because of sheer kindness that he leads with love and just... You know, even those tricky passages in the Old Testament, guys, you've got to understand centuries, centuries of the call of God, the patience of God for those people groups to come to him. But they went into such depravity and damage, uh, destroying other lives, the love of the Father, the goodness of God needed to act. But that's after centuries, you know. The love of the Father, he leaves with kindness. His ultimate revelation, thank you, Lord, is sending coming as himself in a person of a humble baby in a manger so that he can call us friends. Just, just be in that and just let that touch your heart. Why don't you, and I will too, um, just, just whisper simple words to him. In whatever way you are sensing how, that this is amazing, it's an amazing fact. It's a reality that he is this God and that God is this way. Just whisper like a little thank you. 
kind of indigenous to your own heart, native to your own feelings, that is just true to just exactly how you feel. Just talk to him out of what you feel right now. Thank him. Praise him. Accept his offer. Yes, I will let you be my friend. Yes, I'll let you be my bridegroom. just a comfortable silence as you just concentrate on just respond to him just whisper words to him in your heart I accept you amaze me God I've never met anyone powerful like you Jesus Lord, just in trust in you, I, we just we all uh, just quietly invite you, Spirit of God, that is Spirit of Jesus Christ. Would you just really fill this fill this room? We all just, in a gentle way, anyone who wants to, there's an opt-in here. We all just say yes, Lord. Speak to us. Find your way in to our hearts. Lord, you said it's as simple as you knock on the door. And those who hear of the heart, open the door of our heart and you come in and you say, I will eat with you. You know, we just say, I just opened the door of my heart. I don't know how, but I just did it and I do it. Just come and fill my life more. Fill my senses more than I have before. Sense my mind, my thought flow, my beliefs. Fill me more than before that I would think more like you. Fill my emotions, my affections more than ever before. However you do it, just do it. God, we just say, yes, I open the door. Come in. And our will, God, we soften our will. We've pushed back because we're scared. We've pushed back because we're afraid. But we see that we're being afraid of sheer goodness, of perfect affection and kindness. There's no need to be afraid. There's no need to be afraid. We should be afraid to not open to you, God. So right now together we say, come into the door. Come into the door of me, my door. Come into my heart. Come into my will. Teach me. Soften my own will to bend to you, to yield. And even break when needed. Just break open. Even if I'm left sobbing, let me, let me break open. Let the door open, no matter what's behind it, no matter what's in there. I need you in there, God. So I just invite you, Spirit of God, to fill us.
Lord, just releasing me to say that the first place to go is not to mission to a lost people group or to your neighbours. The first place to go and to always go is to the shortest route to Him. Go to your Father. Go to Jesus. Let Him in. Let the Spirit of God do everything He wants to throughout your whole being. Trust Him. Go to God. He's always square one. He's always first destination. He's always first place in every sense. Go there. You find Him. And as you keep your eyes on Him, don't walk away from Him. As you keep your eyes on Him and walk in Him, walk with Him, you'll find everything else that He wants for you. And it will always be Him outworking something through your life. Go to Him. Let Him come into you. And the second thing is that it made a lot of sense. It would have made a, it made a lot of sense for Jesus, the Son of God, to stay in heaven. You know, to stay in the fullness of glory where it was already sorted and full of perfection and goodness. You hear me? It, made, it would have made a lot of sense for him to be there. There was grieving in his departure, I believe. And yet there's a perfect connection with Jesus as there is with us as we live our lives. But it would have made sense for him to stay in heaven. You understand? But he went out. The love of God, the glory of God went out because he's got this vision for worshippers all over the earth, every tribe, tongue, and nation. And so as we first go to him, we stay with him, and in him we get sent out with the Son of God. As the Lord calls your life, be open. Just surrender to him. I'm coming first to you, and let it always be so, Jesus. First love. And I'm realizing in contact with your first love, I'm going to see how you think and feel about others, and I'm going to get uncomfortable links, but it's going to be okay because you're the comforter. You're going to comfort me, but I just, I just let the story of our lives in some small and humble way, I pray the story of our lives um, also be an encouragement to all you guys and anyone who's listening that Jesus is still going, you know, out of the place where it makes sense to stay. There's so much for him to do with Father and in heaven and things, I'm sure. But the number's not complete. And uh, as acts of worship and love with the Lord, um, you, you and I can go out in whatever expression it means, locally or to some other people group that's different than yourself. But, you know, go with him. And I want you to know that that is worship if you do it in him, through him and for him. It's worship, as long as he's first.